You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 54. I want to take a moment to thank all of my listeners for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in iTunes and anywhere else that you might be listening to the show, which as of last week now includes iHeartRadio. And we want to thank the folks at iHeartRadio for adding this program to their content platform. Now, first up on this week's episode, Pre-orders have officially started for the new Canon EOS 1DX Mark III flagship DSLR. As you remember in earlier episodes, I mentioned that Canon had officially indicated that they were going to be releasing the 1DX Mark III in 2020, and I speculated that they would want to get it out early so that pro sports shooters could have it in in, in their hands in time for the Tokyo Summer Olympics. And as you can see, with pre-orders now available, I was 100% right on that. Now, the following are the specs for the Canon EOS 1DX Mark III. Now, this again will more than likely be Canon's last flagship sports DSLR. More than likely, the next uh, flagship sports body they release will be something in the EOS R format or architecture, if you will. Okay. The following are the official specs for the 1DX Mark III. Lens mount is Canon EF, of course. Camera format is full frame. Pixels, actual 21.4 megapixels, effective 20.1. And if you remember in some of the recent episodes, I mentioned that it would be cool if Canon bumped up the megapixel resolution on the 1DX Mark III by at least a little bit, but I didn't honestly think they were going to, and they did not. They stuck with the same 20.1 megapixel sensor size they used in the 1DX and the 1DX Mark II. Maximum resolution is 5,472 by 3,648, and the aspect ratio is 3 to 2. Sensor type is CMOS. Sensor size is 36 by 24 millimeters. Image file format for stills, JPEG, RAW, and HEIF. And if you know anything about file formats, HEIF is the new stills format that is replacing the massively antiquated JPEG. Apple is already using the HEIF format on the iPhones. Bit depth is 14-bit, image stabilization digital, video only. Exposure control, ISO sensitivity, auto, and 100 to the digital snowstorm that is 102,400. The expanded ISO will go from ISO 50 to the digital super snowstorm of 819,200. Why in God's name anybody would want 102,400 ISO, let alone 819,200 ISO, is totally beyond me, because the images would be absolutely useless. They'd be totally unusable. Shutter speed with mechanical shutter, 1,800,000 to 30 seconds, and bulb mode. 
Metering methods center weighted average, evaluative, partial, and spot. Exposure modes, aperture priority, manual, program, and shutter priority. Exposure, exposure compensation minus 5 to plus 5 EV in one-third and one-half EV steps. Metering range 0 to 20 EV. White balance, auto, cloudy, color temperature, custom daylight, flash, fluorescent, shade, and tungsten. Continuous shooting up to 20 frames per second at 20.1 megapixels for up to 1,000 exposures in RAW file format. So it looks like the 1DX Mark III is capable of the same 20 frames per second as the Sony A9. Interval recording, yes. Self-timer, 2 to 10 second delay. And it is equipped with a mirror lockup. Now, there's multiple video recording modes. There's RAW 12-bit, there's MPEG-4, H.265, 4 to 2.2 10-bit, MPEG-4, H.264, and 4 to 2.0 8-bit. All of those are compatible recording modes, as well as standard 1080p Full HD. External recording modes, 4 to 2.2 10-bit DCI 4K at 4096 by 2160 at up to 59.94p. Recording limit up to 29 minutes, 59 seconds, which is typical with DSLRs especially. Video encoding, NTSC and PAL. Audio recording, built-in microphone stereo. External microphone input, also stereo. Audio file format, AAC, linear PCM stereo. The focus type, auto and manual focus. Focus mode, continuous servo AF. Manual focus and single servo AF. Autofocus points, phase detection, 191 and 155 cross type. Autofocus sensitivity, minus 4 to plus 18 EV. The viewfinder and monitor, the viewfinder type is optical pentaprism, of course. Viewfinder eye point is 20 millimeters. Viewfinder coverage is 100%. Viewfinder magnification is approximately 0.76 times. The diopter adjustment goes from minus 3 to plus 1. The monitor size is 3.2 inch and its resolution is 2.1 million dots. The monitor type is a fixed touchscreen LCD, and of course, I never expected Canon to put a tilty flippy screen on the 1DX Mark III. They wouldn't do that on a, on a flagship DSLR because these cameras are designed to be tough, and a tilty flippy screen is a major weak point on a flagship DSLR, so they're not going to do it. Flash, built-in flash, no, of course. Maximum sync speed, 1 250th of a second. Flash compensation, minus 3 to plus 3 EV and 1 third EV steps. Dedicated flash system is ETTL, and external flash connection is possible via hot shoe and the PC sync terminal. Interface memory card slot, dual slot CF Express type B or CF Express 1.0. Now, this is huge. If you remember, on one of my recent episodes of this show, I said it'd be great if Canon would be smart and put dual CFast slots in the 1DX Mark III. 
one of the things I was always bummed out about when I had my 1DX Mark II was that it had one CFast card slot and one compact flash. To me, that was just completely idiotic because CFast was so, so much faster than compact flash, which is a seriously antiquated technology. Well, I am glad to now announce that they decided to go with Dual CF Express, which will make a lot of people happy, especially Jared Polin over at Frono's Photo, because he loves the CF Express cards. So I'm sure he was thrilled to find out that the 1DX Mark III has Dual CF Express slots. Connectivity, USB-C type. Uh, so it's got USB-C, USB 3.1. HDMI-C, which is mini HDMI, Canon N3, it's also got the 3.5 millimeter headphone, 3.5 millimeter microphone, the PC sync socket, and RJ45. Now, for those listeners of my show that might not speak geek, RJ45 is basically, this. it's Cat5, it's a Cat5 connection or a LAN port, uh, which is something that both the 1DX and the 1DX Mark II had as well. So, if you wanted to, especially if you needed, um, for whatever reason, to be further away from the computer, then you actually, then most people would be uh, doing tether capture. Most people will do it with a USB cable. Uh, but being that the 1DX Mark III, all the 1DX cameras had the RJ45, you can actually do tether capture through the Ethernet port, which would allow you greater flexibility as far as how far you could be away from your laptop or desktop that you're using for the tether capture, you know, the distance between the, the laptop or desktop and the actual camera. Wireless, it has both Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, and it also has GPS, just like the previous model. Now, the 1DX Mark III takes the same LPE19 rechargeable lithium-ion 11.1 VDC battery at 2750 milliamp hours, or approximately 2,850 shots per charge. So it's the same battery as used by the previous 1DX models. The dimensions for this new body, width, height, and depth are 6.22 times 6.6 .6 times 3.25 inches, or 158 times 167.6 times 82.6 millimeters. Weight is 2.75 pounds or 1,250 grams body only and 3.17 pounds or 1,440 grams body with battery and memory cards. So there you have it. Those are the specs for the 1DX Mark III. It is now officially available for pre-order at both B&H and Adorama. And I will include a link to the pre-order page on BH's website in the show notes for this episode so that you can go ahead and pre-order yours if you're planning to pick this new behemoth up to be your new sports shooter. All right, next up on news for this week, the BCN Awards based on 2019 sales in Japan are now out and Canon has swept the major segments. BCN collects data from a majority of Japanese camera retailers to give a good idea of how things are going for the big manufacturers on their own home turf. Now, Sony has made a big move in interchangeable lenses as they passed Nikon for the number two slot. DSLR cameras, the breakdown is Canon at 56.3%, Nikon at 41.1%, and Ricoh at 2.4%. 
mirrorless cameras. It's Canon at 30.9%, Sony at 25.9%, and Olympus at 23.4%. Compact cameras, Canon at 39.3%, Nikon at 22.9%, and Sony at 15.2%. And under, under interchangeable lenses, Canon at 19.9, Sony at 16.9, and Nikon at 14.4. Now you can check out all of the BCN award winners by clicking on the link to the page in the show notes for this episode. I will warn you, though, the page is in Japanese, so unless you're fluent in reading Japanese, or you, you're going to need to use Google Translate to be able to actually read the breakdown of winners on the BCN Awards site. So I just thought I'd let you know. Okay, next up, potential Canon EOS Mark II specifications. Sources continue to talk about the next EOS R cameras, but the information has been pretty vague for the most part. However, Canon rumors received their first somewhat informative Canon EOS R Mark II specifications a camera that they have been told on more than one occasion will be coming in 2020. Now, these again are rumored specs for what is being called the EOS R Mark II. Whether or not Canon will actually do an EOS R Mark II is anybody's guess at this point. I think more than likely they're just going to come out with the EOS, EOS RS, which like I said, is going to be the high megapixel replacement for the 5DS and 5DSR. But here are the rumored specs for a possible EOS R Mark II. 32 megapixel sensor with IBIS, a Digic X processor, but a different one that's being used in the 1DX Mark III. 12 frames per second continuous shooting, an ISO range of 100 to 51,200, single SD card slot, but also a single CF Express card slot. So it would have two card slots, but two different types of cards. No crop 4K video with dual pixel AF. No raw video, a five megapixel EVF, and may get a new naming scheme, but nobody is 100% certain on any of this at this time. Now the specification, you can take the specifications list with a grain of salt, however, as few specifications have been mentioned by known sources over the last few weeks. So, again, these are all just rumors. This may be what's in the next EOS R camera, if it's going to be called a Mark II or whatever it's going to be called. These are possible specs, but again, these are just rumors, people, so don't take it as gospel. We don't have gospel until Canon makes an official announcement. All right, so the next item... On this week's episode, the WISE CF Express memory cards will be shipping soon. Now, if you remember last year on Nikon Rumors, it was reported that WISE will start making CF Express memory cards. Their new CF Express products are now available for pre order, and I'll include a link to the page where you can pre order in the show notes for this episode so that you can place your pre orders if you would. If you're so inclined to purchase your CF Express cards from Wise, they're going to offer their CF Express B cards in 128 gigabyte, 256, and 512 capacities. And they are also releasing their own CF Express USB 3.1 Gen 2 Type C CF Express card reader. 
Now, shipping is expected to start in mid-January. Additional information on the new CF Express memory cards, again, can be found at the website, which I will include in the show notes for this episode. Now, if you're not already aware, several new companies have recently joined the CFS Express standard, and here is the updated list. Delkin, Lexar, Prograde, Sony, FanDisk, Apacer, Wise, BWIN, Adata, Western Digital, EgoDisk, Deluc, Angelbird, and InnoDesk. In the U.S., CF Express memory cards are sold at Adorama, B&H, and Amazon. In Europe, CF Express memory cards can be found at Amazon UK, Amazon France, Amazon Italy, and Amazon Spain. So be sure to go on over there and place your pre-orders now if you want to get some of these new CF Express cards, which should be shipping any time now. Because, as I mentioned a moment ago, they were expected to start shipping in mid-January, and we're about at that point in the month already. Some Nikon news this week. There's a $200 price drop on the refurbished Nikon Z7 with the 24-70mm f4 kit lens. The regular price was... $39.99, $39.99, and now it's down as low for refurbished as tw- at $24.99, which is an instant savings of $1,500. The price of the refurbished dropped by another $200, which again puts it to $24.99. It was $26.99 before, and the regular price for the kit is normally $33.97, so I guess where I read the $39.99 and it was scratched out on the image must have been an older price. The price of the refurbished Nikkor Z 35mm f1.8 S lens also dropped by another $100 to $629. It was $726. The regular price was originally $847. More refurbished Nikon gear can be found at Adorama, B&H, Amazon, eBay, Cometa Camera, and Bydig. So you can check out any of those links, which I will post in the show notes for this episode and you can get your discount on while it's still available. Next up in news this week from the Sony world, the Sigma 30mm f1.4 e-mount lens has dropped to its lowest price ever and now is the top-selling lens at Amazon. The current price is $260.61 with free shipping. You can get this lens. It's an APS-C E-mount lens for the lowest price ever on Amazon US. It is no coincidence. It's also the top selling according to its Amazon ranking. And today only you can save on those four items at B&H Photo as well, which are $100 off on the Pelican Deluxe case, $72 off on a Porta Brace case, $30 off on the Seagate 4 terabyte external drive, and $20 off on the Bolt Macro ring light. So you can check all of those out at BNH. I'll include a link to that in the show notes for this episode so you can check it out for yourself. Now, the last bit of news I have for this week is another piece of rumor news in the world of Sony. There is a wild rumor. Reports from Thailand say the A7 IV will have a fully articulating LCD screen. A person who claims to be close to the Sony factory in Thailand reports that the A7 IV will have a fully articulating 
LCD screen. This is the first time I heard about this, so it might be complete BS, but this is the kind of wild rumor that a lot of us hope will become true. It's something like seven years now the Sony community is asking for this to happen, and so far it has not. More of reliable rumor talk, just last week a posted rumor from a source told uh, Sony Alpha rumors that Sony will launch a new camera and new handle soon. Yesterday, Sony announced the GPVPT2BT handle, so this gives us a fair chance that indeed Sony will have a new camera on market by March. The A7 III has been announced two years ago at the CP Plus show, so this would fit the timeline, but this is only a guess for now, as Sony Rumors currently has no evidence or reliable rumor confirming this at this time. So I guess the spot possible A7 IV specs, Sony will take a very conservative approach, which means expect the A7R4 body and features with an upgraded 24 megapixel sensor. Adding a fully articulating screen would be at least one positive surprise. But again, these are all rumors, so there's no guarantee that it's going to happen. And late Full Tokina 85mm f1.8 FE lens specs and new images are now available on a Dutch store website. And I will go ahead and include a link to that article in the show notes for this episode as well so that you can check that out for yourself and see if that's something that intrigues you. All right, folks, and that is it for episode 54 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to once again thank all of my listeners for subscribing, rating, and reviewing and iTunes and anywhere else that you listen to this show, which now includes iHeartRadio. Also, be sure to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. You can join the Facebook group. It is a private group, but you can join by answering a single question, and that is the name of the host of this show, you can put Liam or Liam Douglas. Either one will get you in. Once you're in, look for the contest post, which is pinned as an announcement to the top of the page, and go ahead and submit your entries to win one of the three prizes that will be given away in this current contest. The Edelkron Flex Tilt Tripod Head 3D, the Skater 3D, or the Pocket Shot 3D. Now, all of these uh, camera mounts are 3D printable products. So, in other words, you can go to edelcron.com and you can order any one of the three um, items as a CNC machined kit for $29. That will get you all of the metal components manufactured by Edelcron. And you can download the STL file to print the plastic components for each item if you have your own 3D printer. For this contest, I'm going to give the winner their choice of any one of those three items, and I will also offer their choice of any one of three to four colors. Once they pick their color, I will print and assemble the mount and ship it out to the grand prize winner. Also keep in mind, once you're in the Liam Photography Podcast face group, Facebook group, you're welcome to share your own original images to the Facebook group. No more than five per user every 24 hours. You can either do them one, you can spread them out throughout the course of a 24-hour period, or you can upload all five of them at once and let Facebook create its little slideshow. If you would like creative criticism on your images, you can post with the comment CC please, and myself or one of the other photographers in the group 
will be sure to give you some positive feedback to help up your game. Now, we have some exciting interviews that are going to be coming in the next few weeks on the Land Photography Podcast. I will be doing an interview with Lakeisha Hughes, who is a professional BTS videographer. And if you don't know, BTS stands for Behind the Scenes. And basically, Lakeisha makes her living shooting behind-the-scenes video on the set of movies. And I also will be doing an interview on the week of February 6th with Jeff Harmon from the Master Photography and Photo Taco podcast. He is going to be my guest for an interview on sports photography. And with any luck, I may be getting one of the other members of the Master Photography Podcast to come on the show as well. I have been talking to him. We just got to work out a date, and then hopefully we will have him on the show. I'll give you more details on that over in the next couple of weeks once we get things ironed out. All right, that is going to be a wrap for Episode 54 of the Leon Photography Podcast, and I will see you again in another seven days for Episode 55.